Our second scripture reading comes from the book of uh, the letter uh, to the Ephesians. Hear now God's word to us all. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and of your love towards the saints, and for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know God, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. Friends, let us pray. Holy and gracious one, silence within us every voice but your own. Startle us with your truth, surprise us with your grace. Help us to be and become the people you have dreamed of since you laid the foundations of the world. We ask this in the name of Christ, who is our rock, our redeemer, and our friend. Amen. When we come to the story of the prophets with our children in the godly playroom, we tell them that people who are prophets, they're people who come so close to God, and God comes so close to them that they know what they're supposed to do, and they know what's most important. I love that invitation and that explanation of prophets. There is something special about naming what is most important. It's a feeling I feel almost every time when it starts to get cold, that special thrill the first time I walk out into my stoop in South Philly and I run back inside for a coat. There are so many signs that we are entering a season of wonder in South Philly, something I had never experienced before I moved there are these windows, these bay windows. Maybe you have seen them. They are at the front of people's homes in South Philly oftentimes, and they have a curtain on the inside. They cut off all the light from going into the living room. But they're this beautiful bay window that comes out onto the street, and it is a display. The very Italian tradition, these display windows, and you can tell what is going on in the world of sports by what is happening in those windows. Red October was on full display. I know exactly where the eagles are most of the time by those windows, but then we get to this time of year when it starts to get cold, and the eagles, for a little while, take a back seat. There is 
this coming out of turkeys and cornucopias and then little bits of fake snow, some of them probably made out of asbestos from the 50s, start coming up and filling these windows. Eventually, nativity sets start to be brought up from the basement, reproductions of beautiful Italian masterpieces. It is all twinkling lights and electronic candles, and it is a sign that we are in a season of wonder. I love this moment of transformation, the excitement and expectation, the childish wonder And so I'll dash out into the breeze, cutting around my newly found jacket as I zip it up and go by these windows. And these scenes, they remind me that there is something special going on. This is a time of year when many of us yearn to be with the people that we love most. For me, my husband and my mother, my family and my friends... But that yearning also butts head-to-head with other sheep in my life, other things that there are to do. Because just as those windows are transformed, I go into overdrive, getting ready for Advent and Christmas, because there are special moments to create, just like those windows for children and youth. There are service projects, and there are worship services that do weird and interesting things. There are godly play stories to memorize that transfix, and there are wonderful opportunities for peace and friendship like the peace light. There is so much wonder, but I can get sidetracked by the sense of duty of what I think I should be doing. The sheep inside me are butting up against each other, and there is a trap that I feel so keenly this time of year. There are so many expectations, not the least of which my own, and it can be hard to listen for God's calling, to savor, to be filled, to be tended to, to be fed, to be brought back home. It's why I like Christ the King Sunday, today's odd liturgical observance. I have to tell you that it is not one of my favorite traditions in my life past, but as I have approached middle age and mark a decade of ordained ministry, I see it in new ways. When I was a solo pastor of a small country church in Maryland, I avoided Christ the King Sunday because to me, I just couldn't shake the idea that it should be called Darth Vader Sunday. (laughs) This idea of this all-powerful, triumphant, vaguely imperialist, I can hear the, the march in my head, this idea of this cosmic warrior making all kneel. It just didn't feel quite right when I was hoping for a little bit more cozy Jesus. But now, though, it feels like this helpful reminder once a year. Now it feels like a moment to acknowledge that I am not the conductor of wonder. I'm not the bringer of jollity. I am, in fact, called to be in awe and comforted, just like I pray you will be, and just like Christ promises to us all. 
There's more to our lives than what we can create. There is more awe in the world than what we put up in the windows. There is awe that is seeking us out. The Holy One and the wings ready to surprise, delight, and transform us. There is an invitation to moments of pause to take stock of the state of our world and our lives. As the days get shorter and the nights stretch on, I find myself this time of year thinking about what matters most, about how I spend my time and who I am with, what is most important. When I read the scripture passage from this morning, these beautiful words of poetry from a poet, I think no matter how hard I try of those days when I was studying to be a couples and family therapist, there is this idea that always comes up to me. I'm not quite sure why whenever I hear about sheep fighting of internal family systems, it's a school of thought and therapy that thinks of us as made up of a group of people. Think of yourselves as a round table. There's different folks at the table, and you get to decide who is in charge, but sometimes it's hard to control the sheep or the people at the table. I'm sure none of you experienced that over Thanksgiving. There's all these different characters, right? Sometimes some of us have inside of us the emotional firefighter. If things get too hot, they're going to smother the flames and keep everyone calm. There are the intense managers who keep everything on task and everything in its place. There's the protector who stands up for the parts that are pushed aside. Internal Family Systems thinks of all these different parts within us, these different parts of who we are that are formed in our life experiences, often when we are young, and says that sometimes trouble emerges when there are parts of ourselves that get pushed to the side, the side, that are ignored or forgotten or exiled. Those parts that are pushed outside of the warmth of the campfire, those parts we wish just weren't there. And when our parts become exiled, when we don't listen to them, don't honor their gifts or acknowledge their desires, we can start feeling like strangers to ourselves, disconnected and lost from our very souls. And when I read the Hebrew scriptures and God speaks of the struggles and beauty of human society, when God reaches out in care, I often hear wisdom for how we can relate to our inward parts, the parts of our souls that get exiled by who we think we're supposed to be the traps of what we think we have to do, those sheep budding inside, I know that feeling of there not being a shepherd sometimes to get them in line. In our scripture passage, the leaders of the people of God, they have strayed away from what matters most, caring for the sheep in their care. Instead, they have made themselves fat and happy. They are doing well at the suffering of the people. They act 
like they think they're supposed to as a king or as an elder. They are being the judge they thought is required of them because of the challenges of their moment. They have let go of that sense of wonder and awe at God, seeing how the world could be if they stopped pushing aside the weak. They are afraid of those moments of coming into grace and love and surprise in their community, but also in themselves, because it's perceived as weakness. And so God steps in and says, you are no longer the shepherd. I will be doing that now. Here's how it's going to be. I'm going to bring in the lost and tend the injured and feed all with justice. For some, that is a healthy portion, and for others, it is an opportunity to step back. I love this paradoxical text, this interesting moment of God stepping in and saying, I'm going to take over for a little bit until you can get this worked out. Because it feels so much like the king who is to come, who has come and is coming still, this foretaste of Jesus. I know that sense of having to kind of reset. Because every year around this time, I find myself overwhelmed. There is just so much, and there are so many parts of myself that are fighting with each other. I love the parts of me that want to create joy and wonder and awe and care for others, but I also am learning to love and honor those parts that wants some care. I love the parts of me that wants to make sure that no one has to work too hard because I have broad shoulders and I can do so much, but I'm also learning to love the part of me that sometimes risks asking for help. But what I love even more this year, the love letter I found myself writing this year was to all of you. Because in these last months when my mother has been struggling with health and I have been struggling with my own mental health, you have been so gracious. I went to a meeting of the Children and Youth Committee, and before I even realized it, they had a sign-up list of who was going to help run the Advent workshop that's happening this afternoon. I didn't have to ask. They realized that they had ways that they could offer of themselves, and they wanted to. It came out not out of a sense of needing to or having to, but wanting to. And their joy was infectious. I have seen one of my favorite moments was with our children's pageant for Christmas Eve, where I had all these adults coming up to me and saying, we looked at the sign-up list, my kid's going to be a shepherd, uh, but I realized you didn't have any adult sign-up places for helping to herd the sheep that will be my children. Uh, so I, I just wrote it in. I'm going to help you with that. <laughs> of my fellow pastors doing the same. 
there are so many parts of us as individuals, but also as a community where we can be surprised and be cared for, where we can also care for others. And it's a little bit of both. Beloved, I don't know about you, but this time of year can be hard for me with grief and different competing parts of my life and myself. But there's an invitation to be kind to ourselves and to realize we don't have to have it all together. Christ, our King, is bringing a way of living together and of relating to ourselves where we know that when we are lost, we will be searched for. When we hurt, there is a balm. We follow a teacher, a God who comes among us to show a different kind of power. Jesus is a very different type of king. A type of love comes and is among us that holds light and comfort, empowerment and loving kindness for all the parts of ourselves that we are afraid of or struggle with or have pushed aside and says, I will come and find you. I will bring you home. That is the kind of hope we enter into this season. That is the type of king that we sing of. Thanks be to God, in the name of the one who was and is and evermore shall be.